Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. And now, your host, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 31 of the We're Alive Fancast, where we cover every new release of the We're Alive patio drama. I am Redbeard. And I'm Mick. Welcome after the mid-season break there. Yeah. Today we're, uh, today we're covering Season 4, Chapter 43, Part 1, The Darkness Ahead. The subtitle of this episode is, Where Do We Go From Here? Where Do We Go From Here? And all, all I could think of was the Where Are We Going song. I need to share it with you. It's a really good song from Zombies. Oh, you know what's even funnier? What is it? It's the title of the song from the... Uh, Buffy musical. Where do we go from here? Oh, I'm including the show, uh, including a link to it in the show notes. Oh, there's going to be a lot of links in these show notes. There's been well, a few different links from listeners. I might take a uh, few second clip and put it in there from the from the actual song because that's hilarious, Casey. That's <laughs> hilarious. That is, good. that is good. I thought it was my turn to edit. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's my turn. You did you did two of the last uh, three. Oh, okay. Parts. Well, I'll get you that information. Uh, I'll download it so you'll have it in MP3 format. Okay, that'll work. And uh, so we had a we had a little two week break, but I guess wasn't too much of a break, was it? No. <laughs> we had a, a really. Well, cool... I mean, it, it kind of was for me because you know I I didn't make it back in time for the interview last week. Oh yeah, we had the live stream a couple weeks ago. Uh, had a had a nice group, nice size group actually join us, and we talked through the show. If you guys didn't get a chance to listen listen to that. I, that was a ton of fun, and I, I look forward to doing it again. Yeah, and everybody's uh, a lot of people have mentioned, you know, want, wanting to do it again and wanting to know if we're going to do it again and all that. And then we've been talking maybe tentatively for part three coverage on this on this chapter. We might try it, but we don't know. We can't commit to that for sure. We, depends on what's going on in our lives at that, that time. I think definitely going to try. Yeah, that would be it'd be a lot of fun. If, even if it forces us to. Well, no, I don't want to do that. We want to stay committed to that Thursday release. We'll see. We could at least get part one out again, because that was <laughs> that was a really long talk. It was, but, you know, it really didn't seem like it. And then this previous Monday, which to us is today, but to y'all was a few days ago, we released a Jim Gleason interview. If you haven't got a chance to listen to that, we got to talk to him for a little bit. He didn't have a whole lot of time, but uh, he was uh, very gracious and gave us even more time than what he said he had. We had a, yeah. I had a good time talking to him. Unfortunately, Redbeard couldn't be there. It was very lacking in the facial hair department. Yep, just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other piece, I and I set Redbeard up for this earlier. Uh, I was just telling him I couldn't wait to tell him about this. But I have a Twitch channel, and I play like zombie games or whatever. And Adam is one of the guys from that listens to this podcast and a big Wear Life fan. He's often on there, and uh, there's a, one guy he introduced me to named Jay Static. So hey, Jay Static out there. He's in the last couple week break. He has uh, Adam and I have talked to him about We're Alive, and he's caught up. And not only has he caught up, but he's went back and listened to our fan cast as well. Wow. Uh, and he was he was talking to me. It was last night. I was playing Mob of the Dead on Call of, Call of Duty Zombies. And he wanted to talk about We're Alive, so we're talking about it. And he said, man, uh, Redbeard and Jenna McCombie really hit it off, didn't they? 
And he said, he said, yeah. He said, I know you're married, but uh, he wanted to know if I thought you guys hit it off. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, so you and Scratch. I mean, I yes. told, I, I did Living tell him the dream. Married, but <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh man, I got a kick out of that, <laughs> and, I, and I knew you would too. Yeah, now I now want to go listen to it to see what that perspective sounds like. <laughs> and also, if you guys are uh, if you're new to Weird Life Fancast, welcome. Uh, we may have we may be picking up some new people as We Are Live hits the home stretch here. And we just want to share. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to share with you guys that uh, our fan cast. We try to be family friendly as, as possible. We, we try to avoid any kind of uh, you know I guess harsh language. Anything you wouldn't want. I wouldn't want my kids to hear outside of maybe some zombie theme stuff that you just can't really get away from when you're covering zombie fiction. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we try to do that and. So uh, I guess you can just trust us to try to make sure we that we're going to warn you if we get into any suggested material. Now, with that in mind, is there? I just want to throw that out there. Is there any um, subject or show or something you guys would like to see us cover after this uh, series is over? Oh, corrections, clarifications. I, I I'm not going to acknowledge any this week. No. We were all 100% right for like three weeks. We no. had a pa- we had a panel of experts on, so I don't think we had any. Right, right, right. I can't remember. I didn't go back and look and see if Casey had tweeted anything out. I don't think he did from last time. I'd have to go check later. Later, but I don't think so. We, I could be wrong, but we. I think for the most part, we were self-correcting. Mm-hmm. I did um, get a, a message on Facebook from Brandon, who's verse on the forums, and he kind of had a little bit of a. Maybe a clarification, I'm not sure. Let me read through it. He said, first off, thanks for all you've done. Uh, I really dig your show. I listened to your live show, and y'all, I think one of your guests, talked about Darai and Inc. and how Darai may have known the families and such. And he said, in a post in the theories section on the forums today, he commented on uh, about Darai just being smart and such. And he said he gave a lot of reasons in case he liked it. Um, but he followed it up with some other stuff to which Casey commented that people can confirm that the families were not connected to the outbreak at this point. Uh, seeing, <laughs> seeing as it was brought up at in the round table. Point? Yeah. What the heck? Well, Casey? I don't know if Casey said at this point, that's what he put oh, in this message. Okay. Uh, but seeing as it was brought up at, at, in your round table, he figured he would shoot me the info. Also, uh, oh, he thanks us for the hard work. You're welcome. And thank you for uh, letting us know you appreciate it. But thought that was really interesting. And it sounds like Casey's pretty much trying to, every chance he can to shoot down that the family had anything to do with the outbreak. Because we've talked a few times and he just... I don't know. you got you got to watch him closely because it's not always shooting down. It's Sometimes it's misdirection. Yep, yep, yep. It, I don't know if that's... I don't know if that was Casey's words. You know, Could yet. be a big troll. It might be the, the dream like Adam's talked about in the live stream. And yeah. <laughs> family really had nothing to do with it because Michael's dead. He's ODing. <laughs> yeah, speaking of crazy Indians, I need to message Michael or uh, Jim Gleason and uh, ask him how he liked the ending to Lost. Oh yeah, I do want to. I, I did I almost message him about that today. I do want to know what he has to, to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not, if you didn't listen, uh, he was actually in the middle of the Lost series finale. Uh, whenever we got the interview going, so <laughs> and he even stated that uh, Mick was keeping him from it. So yeah, he was 
<laughs> he was very patient, but he was ready to get back and watch Lost. It was funny. It was very fanboyish. <laughs> Which isn't derogatory, Mr. Gleason, if you're listening. <laughs> I would hope nobody thought that was derogatory. We're doing a fan cast. Yeah, but... Anybody's fanboy in a derogatory term. <laughs> I was like, fanboy, that sounds... Me. I've heard it used in a derogatory sense because people get too worked up over like really small details. Right. But I don't know. It, yeah. So getting any uh, new iTunes reviews? We don't have any iTunes reviews. It's been quiet on that front for a few weeks. Okay. Hey, to begin our scene by scene coverage, I was thinking about just taking a look at the album art and getting your yes. first impressions. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a chapel. And then it's Datu standing in there. Yeah, that's what I got. Datu standing in the back of a small church holding a hammer, I think. With a tool belt on. So, I mean, it's got to be Datu. Right. I, mean, just... I-, I zoomed in. It was pretty obvious it was uh, Datu. So there shouldn't be any questions there. Man, if I get corrected on that, I'd be really surprised. I don't think so. But and... the creepy thing is that the wood's broken inward towards the chapel. Like, he's sitting there waiting with a hammer for whatever's coming at him. Mm. I don't know. It looked very ominous and very, like, pretty at the same time. Yeah, I was thinking about, you know, in, in fiction, often somebody goes to a church, and I was trying to think of what, the many different reasons they go to a church. I came up with a few different things, like, typically they're struggling with the decision they have to make, or they're looking for sanctuary, safety of some kind. Or they're like going there to like confess some things they've done before they go out in a blaze of glory. I think it, for one way, I don't know. That could be very representative of those things, but it looks like both of them's about to happen at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He looks like he's there to handle some business with that he's hammer. He's holding that hammer wrong. weird though, isn't the hammer like facing behind him and he's just like holding it? Don't don't question that. The big Thor freaking. I know he's Thor. Crazy hammer. Um, I forget the name. Ender would know. What, Mjolnir? Yeah, Mjolnir. That's it. No. Um, yeah, I guess it is. A, I don't know. I don't know how much you need to look into that either. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if there's anything hidden. And there's, I know there's something hidden in this in this artwork. The That door is not the door that's on the church. There's like red and green in there too. What? I think Datu's facing the green. Like the good. <laughs> Who knows? Oh. Like a light and a dark side? Is, oh about, uh, is that about him turning? His changing inside? Oh, yeah. He's trying to see if there's a little one in the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see some orbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, obvious paranormal activity. Oh, yeah. We can't say for sure, but... <laughs> you know, okay, so this is something I want to bring up, too. I downloaded every piece of artwork I could find. Now, I don't know... I was looking for... What is it called? The uh, steganography? Yes. I ran a program to see if there was any evidence of that in any of the files, but I don't know if any of the files I downloaded were altered or, you know, they've been cropped or the size have been changed because it may corrupt the data that's sitting inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I got some maybes as far as data being in there, but I couldn't find any data. And I got some that said that they were false positives. So I have no idea. Uh, that came up during the live show. Yeah. Well, I was I just searched We're Live on Reddit. And there's that picture that Casey posted just of Ink's face. I'd like to see if that was anything. Hmm. 
Oh yeah, that's not a cover art, is it? Portrait of one of the characters from We're Alive. Yeah, just one of the characters. I'll send you it's this link. It's just a direct picture from Casey to Emger. Emger, Emger. It's the same picture that they lightened up really well to grab out all the symbols and everything. It's like he took Hitman and kind of aged them a little bit more and darkened his skin. I want to know who that is. Do you think it's just a can 3D like animation? No. Oh, that's the wrong one too. Never mind. I'll 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 look and I'll find that app that I downloaded and I'll see if it yields anything. Cool, cool. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, there's not a lot in every scene. And so if you got anything, jump in at any time. Mm-hmm. Too cool. Scene by scene coverage. Scene by scene coverage. Uh so our first scene it opens up with Puck and Tanya. And I don't know. Tanya sounds like she's breaking out the mother skills and really uh, taking care of Puck. Mm-hmm. Good old Puck with his little DVD player. Even him, like, could you fluff my pillow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shortly after this, Tanya and Michael are talking and about, you know, what what are they going to do with the jail? And Tanya says she would leave it alone. Basically, they talk about they surmise out of the notes and Puck's take on what happened there is that Roberts wants the behemoths locked up in this place that he doesn't want them out. So basically saying, leave alone, don't mess with the gel, leave them locked up. Yeah. I did not read that that way. The, when I heard, you know, 40, was it 42? Yeah. 42, three. I thought that he, ink was coming out, you know, and then closing the door behind him. But it, I guess it makes sense though. I mean, I'm glad that they're fairly filling us in like that. If yeah, that's he, the case. Well, remember he uh, Puck pulled, uh, pointed at the Modigun to to shoot him, but it was already too late. He had turned back around and went back into the building. No, he'd went around the corner. I thought, like, so he didn't go in there because Tanya's saying that Ink don't want to be. It does not want to be in there. Hmm. I have to go back and they don't. To they don't play well. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's very interesting though. Uh, yeah, he, he's keeping them locked up. But the thing that I didn't get was that they were saying they were weak, and that's the reason they couldn't get out. Yet one of them smashed through a wall. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> that didn't quite uh, make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I knew what she was saying, and I knew that they were starving and all that. But now the other side of it, where they were saying that they're not the most intelligent creatures, okay, I could kind of see that. And maybe that on top of being, you know, malnourished, maybe those two together I could kind of see. But I don't know. It just, I don't know. And so from here they talk about the the second try or, you know, that uh, Roberts basically had a couple different trials going until he found the, I guess, the perfect combination. And it came up with the little ones, the numbered ones. And they're saying that 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 didn't take place at the jail. That did not take place at the arena. And they now is Kane Hospital the Devil's Playground? I've got to think that's what it is. And even if it's not, I thought that was pretty much I thought cut it was and dry. That's where they were made, and so I'm I'm way off there as well. I, I that I don't know. It, it almost sounded like they were saying that's not where it happened, or it could be multiple places that he's done this. But they're they're saying that the there's been no activity at the arena. That the cameras they got out there haven't seen anything. Right. So Ink has someplace new. And I was I was trying to think where in L.A. could it be 
that there could be like an iconic L.A. type place for these things that happen. But then I thought, you know, there really isn't a whole lot of iconic uh, imagery in this in this show. Compton. Right. <laughs> well, I was picturing, you know, since somebody had mentioned in the fan cast uh, live stream that they didn't think it would come down to Michael and Ink just like fist fighting with their shirts off on top of a building. So naturally, <laughs> when I was thinking of trying to think of iconic places, I thought of the, the big, tall, cylindrical building that's out there. What is that building? On the skyline. No clue. I just know I fly around it on GTA 5. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Used to skydive off of it on San Andreas. Well, you're an expert. I know. <laughs> I practically live there. So they're finishing up this conversation, and CJ pipes in. She's been listening to the entire conversation, not saying a word. So sneaky CJ. <laughs> I still I still see that as that's being the case, not that it was convenient. I, I don't know. I don't whatever. And so Michael asks her. They Michael leaves and goes up to her room and asks her why she was still whispering. And it's because Bert's sleeping in the room. Nah. I thought that was hilarious. That was funny. He just straight fell asleep. And it's just, <laughs> it seems like old minutes man. after the last episode ended. Right? But that, that's what that's what old guys do. They fall asleep. Right. They just He's probably sitting straight up. So uh, I began, my mind began to wander. And I was wondering if, uh, if he really fell asleep in the studio and they went over there and sampled his snoring. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could hear it in the background. Yeah. That'd be so mean. <laughs> yeah, who would ever record somebody else snoring? That's mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, you can say it. You? Yes, many times. <laughs> One time Redbeard was sleeping in a little, like, mini, <laughs> like a mini cave in the side of this cliff, which sounds way cooler than, <laughs> than, oh no, I mean, it's pretty cool. <laughs> the acoustics there. Oh my gosh! When you were you know snoring that one time. It was like the next morning. I was like, it sounded like a charging handle or a, you know a bolt on a rifle. And I was like, it kind of woke me up because it was amplified in that little concave area. Oh yeah. Our little hobbit friend out there trying to trying to trying to surprise us with rifle shots in the morning. <laughs> it's a good way to wake up, I guess. <laughs> With Hobbit in your cup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. So we get another done and done over the radio. I heard that. Was... They were talking about doing changing the encryption on the radios. Right. And who was that? Was that... Uh... Lester? That was Lester? I, I, thought, I thought CJ said Lester changed the radio encryption key. Could have been. Not important at the moment. Right. And also, right now, at this point, I heard... Like, you know how you when you press a mic, you hear like, boop. I could have sworn I, I picked up the NASA Quindar tone the, whenever you go back and listen to any of the old Apollo stuff and you hear the beep. It sounded like that was slipped in there as a, a mic noise. Done and done. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility. We copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. Done and done. Huh. I don't know if it was. It could just be a generic mic noise, but if it was Quindar, I'd totally love it since I'm a space geek. Now I'm really wondering, you know, when you, uh, there's certain protocols where you can down, uh, you can send radio or send images over the radio and they sometimes have that tone. Hmm. So now... I'm curious. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, it couldn't mean much of anything, but I'll, I'll have to go back and listen for it. So, CJ's breaking her plan to uh, Michael about her wanting to move everyone. And for whatever reason, you know, she's <laughs> talking to Michael and says, your girlfriend. Yeah, which he what? doesn't argue with. Nope, just throwing some labels. So it's been four months it's official, it's girlfriend, and Michael doesn't even snicker or sneeze or snort or burt snore. Some guys just never learn. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so the next thing that CJ says is that they're going to send mountain groups and that she hopes that they get lucky and they can scavenge diesel along the way. Remember this for later. Regardless yes. of the pump, they're moving due to, the, to what happened at the jail. Now, this seems a little rash. I mean, I, yes. I think I would wait a day or two, you know. I don't know why they're moving so quickly. Because what if what if the pump starts working? They're going to move everybody back? That's what I was thinking. And uh, CJ says they need to get the pump fixed tomorrow if they want to stay. Like, they have two days. Yet, as we're like, going to cover in a second here, they're loading up like, the helicopter to take a group to Lake Matthews. Yeah, they're done. Jump into it. I was like, what, what happened? I thought I, that I, was really weird. But, I've got some more notes on that uh, as yeah. we progress, but yeah, that yeah. didn't make any sense. And your girl Pegs is the helicopter pilot, and she's the only one left. <laughs> Those are starting to be the red shirts. I think I think it's a whole group of red shirts. That's, that's <laughs> all I can think is they're sending out a, a sacrificial lamb or something. They're about to get slaughtered. Well, to no names. Minus minus the helicopter because it's flying. 40-some-odd miles away. Yeah. And, and it's got a, an airport and everything. And and CJ's willing to go on it. So she's not using... That's not that's not one of the bait members. So... <laughs> right. And, the, and CJ's not going to fly it back, so... So, yeah, people in the convoy, you're, you're cannon fodder to see if it's uh, doable. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how CJ rolls. But uh, she said, I don't benefit from this. The fact that you have to state that, but, you know, I think that Casey was honestly talking to the audience here. How so? How so? Well, you know, he doesn't like the fact that people don't like CJ. Yeah, and, it, it seems that way. And so it just came across like he was directly talking to some of the fans out there. <laughs> like, hey, I don't have an angle on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, she's riding on the helicopter later, we find out. So... I think she does have an angle. Yeah, she's her, she benefits from this because it keeps her butt safe. So, she said uh, this provides a clean slate for everybody. I'm not really sure what she means by that. Um, did, you, did you catch that? It's like a fresh start for everybody. Happy go lucky. I didn't think too much about it once you said it, except I mean I, I think I did, but in the um, in the spirit of driving on and taking notes, I just I didn't think much more about it. Well, it it seemed kind of weird even more so after I made my notes because Michael says, what do you need me to do? And then she fires back, what do you want to do? It's like, she's done. She's like, she's wiping her hands with Michael, Saul, and, and Lizzie. She's done. I just think that she knows that, that she doesn't have to babysit him. That, or, well, that, or Michael's going to do his own thing. Yeah, and that, yeah, exactly. That's probably even better is that she knows that she can't control him. Yeah, I hope that's the case. It just seemed kind of weird. I don't know. It it, it seemed really awkward. <laughs> I, I I didn't see what some other people online were seeing in CJ this episode. Hmm. 
But yeah, they plan to airlift a small group to Lake Matthews, which has an airport. I think it's about 45-ish miles straight line distance from L.A., so I don't know what that is. It's the, probably uh, from Liberty Park to uh, yeah, Liberty Park to Lake Matthews is 42 miles over the on the roads. I didn't do a like get out the Google ruler to check it out, but it's just a little bit closer. So it's probably yeah. 30, 35 ish miles. So just a tiny on. little hop for that helicopter. Yeah, it, not much, which is probably good since they haven't run it in what what, what did they say like two months? Right. Well, she, yeah, they she basically turned it on a month earlier just to get the rotors going. <laughs> but okay, so it sounds like they're taking. They're going to take a pretty large group to Lake Matthews, but I thought CJ said they're going to split them up into like six or seven groups. Yeah, the convoy. Uh, well, maybe until they get there. I don't know. It's other they're going to be spread out, but she's strategically placing herself at the largest freshwater source. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. I, I was kind of wondering that myself. If she's getting them setting up and... Well, heck, let's just look at it real quick. What's that? Look at what? What's Lake what? Lake Matthews. Yeah, there it is. It's actually a nice wooded area around it. There's the subdivisions don't start until you go a little ways out. Hmm. Uh, there's one leading up into it. So maybe she, I don't know. I don't know how Casey's going to set this up, but maybe he'll set up some of those people. And because it looks like there's like three main or four main areas that would have houses outside of the lake. Yeah. So maybe he set, uh, she said plan on setting those groups up in those various neighborhoods. Who knows? Huh. Okay. Ready to move on to outside the colony with Victor, Saul, and Datu? Yeah. Oh, one more note. <clears throat> Michael thanks CJ. He said, I don't think I've said that enough. And again, I think he's talking to the audience here. Um, but Michael offers a place at Dunbar for CJ. But she replies, I don't know if that's the best idea. Michael still doesn't know why that is, and he still doesn't ask. Right. Why? I guess because they're saving it. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. You'd think he would ask that. But I guess for storytelling, to save that for later. It's like he... so many times you want to hear that you want to hear that conversation, but we're just going to have to wait for it. Mm. <laughs> or he really doesn't want her there. He's just asking to be nice. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, oh, you know, you can come to Dunbar. I'm sure it's not. Yeah. <laughs> nice little passive-aggressive behavior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can even have your old bed back again. <laughs> oh, but the stairs. So yeah, we get outside with Vic and Saul. And basically what came out of this conversation was Saul asked Vic to look after his family. So what's Saul about to do? What Does he know he's about to put himself in danger? Other than going around looking for medical supplies, what is he planning on doing here? Well, he's also infected. Uh, yeah, I guess that's an important doesn't, detail. And doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, oh, that! It's one of the remaining military guys. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I don't think there's, I don't think they're going to turn at all. Just like Datu. No, I don't have to be there, but, but he doesn't know that. Right. Um, okay, I get that better. Now, I, I didn't even think about it from that standpoint for whatever reason. But yeah, he is. He's about to go out with with Bert and Riley, so that could be dangerous. But and Victor, he mentions, you know, you didn't even need to ask, and Saul says, replies back that he did. For himself. Just, yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking, I'm in Vic's, uh, I see what Vic's saying, but I'm in Saul's corner, and I'm like, yeah, Vic, man, you have to ask that. You cannot leave that uncovered. Yeah. <laughs> no ifs, and. You've got to have... Just knowing that is kind of comforting. Yeah. You don't want to leave that, and especially, I mean, if you're dying, and you're like, oh, no, what's going what's to happen to my baby? <laughs> my baby. Baby. You remember that, the fleas in South Park? 
Oh, oh yes. So the very next scene is Mick's favorite scenes of today's <laughs> episode. Pelican uh, pigs. <laughs> yep. The only pilot left. CJ. This is where CJ actually announces that she's going on the helicopter. Yeah. Did you hear her uh, shuffling uh, Mr. McGowan's onto the helicopter? What? He's like, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, that would be great. He's like, I'm afraid of heart. <laughs> so yeah, they, they pretty much covered all that about the helicopter, but it's around this 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 scene where Tanya comes in. She's furious because they're taking most of the medical supplies. This was the funniest part. She's showing up. She says, "Hey, CJ, we got this thing." And Pegs is about to go. Oh, it's Tanya. Hi, Tanya. How's your uh, family? And how's this? And she's just like, "Not now, Pegs." Yes, and that's the way it should be. <laughs> Dude, I laughed so hard when that happened. <laughs> I was like, I love Pegs, but yeah, when you got to get down to business. She's not the one you want. <laughs> yeah. You can't delete, you gotta say, hold on a second. And also, adults, CJ's adults are talking. Yes. <laughs> and CJ's wearing a prosthetic. It's not the right size. <laughs> yeah. It's somehow it's too short and the knee's too high. That's got to be really awkward. <laughs> so the, the stereotypical image of like a, a pirate with a peg leg? Yes. My ninja pirate. The little shuffling around. That's got to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think she'd have a cane, too. Maybe she's got a sword cane. So, okay, here's the one medical professional saying, hey, this is a problem. And then CJ's reply is, didn't you talk to Michael? I'm like, okay, Michael's not the medical expert either. Then Michael's on the phone. Let me talk to her. You know, he's like, he sounds irritated. Yeah. I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Who the heck is the is the doctor in the bunch? And why they took the sonogram machine? I have no idea. This doesn't make any sense to me. Right? Yeah, you're speaking a lot of common sense here that I, I didn't pick up on. But yeah, there's there's a lot of strange things in this episode. It's like, oh, well. Why are they taking the sonogram? Maybe they're going to use it for some kind of like depth finder on the lake to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's for Peg's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Peg's isn't going to go with them. She's just dropping them off. She's in Michael's group. Oh, it's true. Hmm. So, no, no. Remember? Wait, was it this episode? I, I thought this came up before, and CJ was explaining something about how pegs will be able to do better farming. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. <sighs> there will be spots for gardens at each of the uh, six or seven group locations. Yeah, CJ's going to steal pegs. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, she's taught people, but I don't know. So the next scene, they're back at the water pump, and Pete shows up. He's decided to stay. Yay. Good old Pete. And he, pretty much right after he gets there, he's over there asking Datu to build a Mata gun for him. Oh, yeah. Say, man, can I get one of those Mata guns? <laughs> that was great. And Hope shows up. Holy cow. It's about time. Right? And it's not, it, they don't even focus on it. I figured with 30 minutes, it's like, surely there's going to... They're going to focus on this for a little bit, but no. Right? Maybe maybe next episode? I'm sure. Yeah, there's got to be more. Yeah, and it seems like she could see. It was sounded like she was taking off running after Datu. Right? That's. I was like, come on, just give us that at least. Right. Cliffhanger Carl over here. Carl! <laughs> 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 Get back in the house! Dead. <laughs> yeah, Carl is dead. <laughs> Get oh, in the house. man. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> Llamas with hats. <laughs> so then we quickly jump back to Dunbar, 
and it's Bert and Riley. They're talk, uh, talking over the radio about their leaving to go back to hunt for Scratch. I like the fade that, that they did uh, as they jumped back and forth. I was just talking about be, that here a second, too. They'd be talking over the radio, and there'd be the radio crackle, and then all of a sudden it would smoothly transition from radio crackle to smooth voice, and that was like a... They're taking a lot with them. I won't have much left. Yeah, he... Oh, here, he wants to talk to you. Uh, there's also maybe a sound effect in the ba- sound effect in the background to let you know that they had just switched locations. That was pretty neat. That was. It was, and then what they did at the end was really cool, which I'll, I'll oh, talk about yeah. again. But yeah, they're uh, so I guess before they Bert and Riley go all completely off on their own looking for Scratch again, they're going to go look around with Saul for the medical supplies they need for uh, Lizzie giving birth, but not before the magical man brings more gifts. I know, right? He's going to supply them with the diesel fuel that they were going to have to scavenge. But I mean, nope. Come on, another another extremely convenient thing to happen here. Not only does he solve the ammo, but he solves the diesel crisis. Right. Hey, but here's the weird thing. The diesel tanker is under a tarp. Or is it a tarp? I don't get where you're, where you're going. It's a tarp. It's a tarp. <laughs> okay, I see. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Bert... With the radio thing, I don't know. There, there's just some weirdness going on that I, I don't understand. No, there's no way, man. There's no way. She took his finger. She, she destroyed Shirley. Right? I wouldn't think so either, but, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to figure out what that dynamic is and how he keeps coming up with magical solutions. If it wasn't diesel and it was gasoline, I, would, you, I was you, wondering if maybe they were going to use it on the Twin Towers place. So that whole transition with the the white noise on the radio and the tuning noises, mm-hmm. perfect again. Because uh, when they you about, you about to go into the very last scene. Yeah. Okay, I got a couple more things real quick. Ah. Okay. Sorry. You know when Bert asks how Datu's doing, and then Riley's like, "Is that all you got? Let me talk to him." And then she she can't think of anything to say either. Mm-hmm. Isn't that just how it is though? When you have a friend that's like going through some hard stuff. Like it you, is, just, you just don't hard. know what to say, and words don't cut it. it that's pretty much my daily life talking period. <laughs> I just don't have words. <laughs> oh, if only I could think of things to say. Oh. <laughs> Number two with fries, biggie size. Thank you. <laughs> when a girl says hi, you say thank you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So this is this is also um, going back a little bit more, talking more about the chopper thing. Okay, so t- CJ mentioned earlier that if we don't if we don't get the pump fixed by tomorrow, then we've all got to leave. Yet it's still today, and they're gassing up the chopper, right? Is it's still the same day, right? I think so. Even if it is the second day, come on. Yeah, the day's not even over the, with. Let's try to get the pump fixed. Uh. We didn't even give it a status update on the pump. Why waste the gas if the pump gets if the pump could get fixed and they don't have to leave? And I mean, kind of we got an idiot survivor alert going on here. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's the same conclusion I came to. I was wondering, like, okay, well, if it starts working, you're gonna drive everybody back and you're out that much fuel. What uh, what, what did seems, you gain? It seems really forced to me, unfortunately. And I think maybe just so we can have this bloodbath. And we can lose a lot of medical supplies. I don't know. Maybe we're getting <laughs> we're getting we're getting it over with. <laughs> getting it over with. Oh, this the whole show. 
Yeah. Kill everybody. <laughs> so Mike, right. it, it hits Michael's brain. He's starting to lose it. <laughs> Little bits of his memory are about to be obliterated. Oh, yeah. Good job, Adam. Good job. That's right. That clot's starting to get really causing some backlog on the blood, blood flow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now you can go into it. Sorry, I just wanted to get those couple notes out there. So I'll, I'll just start all over with that transition piece so that you just cut out that other piece. Okay. So, you know, you mentioned the transitions earlier with the white noise. Yeah. And we got an excellent one again. I mean, it's it goes from transition of white noises to the sound of tuning. And then we hear her voice. And it snuck up on me. I had to go back and was like, did I hear what I think I heard? Good old Jenna, I mean, Scratch. <laughs> uh, that was a nod to what story you told me earlier. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody else is with her. They said, uh, I think it's TARDIS, right? Right, I, that's what I think. Not hearing anything still. Without their codes, we got nothing. So, I guess they got an, one of the police radios, but... The encryption doesn't match. Now, when I first read, uh, listened through this, I thought maybe they were listening to him up until they changed the, the crypto. But it sounds like they've never been able to hear him on there. That's what... Okay, that's... I was going back and forth on that as well. But in the way they talk, it sounds like they've never been able to hear him. But I was trying to figure out where they got the radio, and I was, couldn't think of anything else besides the Twin Towers correctional facility. Hmm. So I don't know where else they would have gotten it. Police car. Right, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I don't know. I, that that one's very peculiar. So he must have learned that from, oh, uh, the other old man. Glenn. Glenn, before he left the colony mm-hmm. to go find Michael. So, yeah, that, that kind of threw me off for a second. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa. So have they been listening? Because <laughs> then it kind of supports my, my Bert. Bert's working with Scratch Theory, but... <laughs> I don't think that's true. No. Just put that out there. But yeah, Scratch sees the convoy headed out with... Uh, she says they're loaded. And it sounds like this just greedy lust for stuff. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing that's going to be Bert and Riley and Saul headed out that she sees, right? Or is, it the convo- or, or is there a convoy to Lake Matthew? That's the convoy headed out. That's okay. the group separating from the colony. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. So, and I wanted to say this. I know I know Todd is dead. I'm pretty sure that's who it is. It's crazy about Tardust, and crazy excited to have him back. Uh, and I I'm now more than ever since talking to him, uh, excited for Tardust too. And I love how hearing someone else's take on things can kind of change your experience. Because I never would have given Tardust much of a thought, other than oh, it's just a bad guy. But he he sounds loyal to her, but he sounds irritated. Right, but uh, also, but since Todd gave some good reasons for liking him, I'm on board, and I'm looking forward to maybe hoping to see some more character development with him. And I really like that he was just ready for this to be done. Like, let's just get this done so we can move on to trying to survive, you know, I guess is what he was trying to say. Todd's a pretty cool character. That yeah. guy, he does not fit a mold. That's for dang sure. <laughs> I'm going to like the dr- the drug smuggler, the dope dealer. Walter White? <laughs> yeah. That Tardust was? Yeah. <laughs> he finds he finds the love in the, like some of the craziest characters that you're probably supposed to hate. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, uh, so what does Scratch mean? You know, she's got a plan. Trust me, it will all be over soon. 
She doesn't have much of a crew anymore. I think most of them got killed in that fight at the colony at the end of season three. So mm-hmm. is she gonna try to like lead some zombies against the colony? I think Bert's killed a few of them. Right. But I don't know. I really, I don't know what she's planning on doing. She doesn't sound like she's being careful at all anymore either. She's standing out in plain view. Yeah, on top of a roof, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. She's, she's crazy. <laughs> yep. Crazy, awesome. Crazy old Maurice. Okay, is that, uh, I think that's all for our scene-by-scene scene coverage. I had some... Let's see. Oh, no, I didn't have that. Do we have any new characters introduced? Lester? Probably not, but I'm sure Lester's <laughs> been mentioned before. <laughs> Lester Crankle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why did I throw this here? This does not fit. I'm not 100% sure I heard Lester. Oh, that's completely possible. It wasn't. Yeah, that's that feedback doesn't belong there. Let me kill that. Oh crap. I think I think that's the character that uh, that Casey made for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't hear Mick. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna send Casey a picture of you with your little creepy stash. <laughs> <laughs> that was a one day thing, people. <laughs> I'm not running around like Funky Dung with his majestic. No, that's not a stash. Or longest beard stash. That is a face hugger. My thing is crazy. It is. Crazy. Funky dung. Okay, favorite lines in this show. I've got a couple from the listeners. The Haventon wrote in. Uh, his favorite quote was, There comes a time when things fall apart. I want to control where the pieces land. That's where CJ said that. He said, I've got to use this. <laughs> Adam wrote in. Favorite line was Saul's. Can't I just live here with my blonde bombshell and my boy? Is that really too much to ask? And then he, he took that back and said, no, his favorite line was scratches. It'll all be over soon. The way she, and the way she said it, the suspense, man, was the, why he liked that one. Huh. And I'm going with uh, his first choice for mine. Can't I just live here with my blonde bombshell and my boy? Is that too much to ask? I like the way he delivered that. You know, I had more of a favorite scene than anything, and that was... Good old Bert asleep up in CJ's room. His favorite, your favorite line was Z, 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 Z. Yes. That's <laughs> nice. that favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to go ahead and just straight bold steal this name game thing from Bald Move that they call whenever they do the name game, I'm sure. They're not the yeah. only ones to do it. But so dark, the darkness ahead is the name of this chapter. I... Scratch down a few different things, no pun intended, hmm. for what it could mean, and for the maybe many double meanings. I'm sure we'll find more. Yeah. But I thought Scratch's attack could be the darkness ahead. Saul's pondering his possible death. Michael trying to bring it to ink somehow. Uh, Datu's impending doom. Maybe the drama at Lake Matthews. <laughs> I, I I honestly thought, because... It, there was uh, another one about a way ahead or something I thought, and I thought maybe this 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 title meant that their plans would not work. Hmm. So, nice 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 idea going to the lake, but it's going to backfire on you. Yeah. It's not even summertime yet, guys. Plus, you know, lake zombies are the worst. Well, all soggy. Yeah, you can't have... It's going to be crunchy. I know. Okay, so... 
We've got a little, little bit of news this this week, our last two weeks. What? Yeah, they did a photo shoot. I know you saw this, but maybe not everybody did. If you look in the show notes, there's going to be a link. And it's the fsequence-studio.com. And it's got some shots of all the of a lot of the actors in um, dressed up as their parts. It's pretty amazing to include the late soldiers. You saw these, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're really good. I'm uh... I didn't have time to go through the forum to look for feedback on this episode. So I'm going through here real quick. Uh, they said Lester. Ding, 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 you are right. I knew it. That's a new character. <laughs> Grog said, so much fodder <laughs> about the people going out. <laughs> oh, yeah, deliciousness. <laughs> he said, is the tanker locked and loaded? Do you want to uh, go through these, pick out some, and then we'll talk about them? In the uh, after this show feedback. Oh, okay, sure, cool. Okay, Next section. All, What's all up? out of order. Doing things all out of order. My fault. Oh gosh. Spaz. Spaz. Get your beard in order. All right. Question of the week. We've got two of these since we had a nice two-week break. The first one. Thanks, Matthew from Facebook. Uh, what was the hardest, most most emotional part of this series for you to listen to? First one I have is from Deanna on Facebook. She said, It is weird, but the moment that made me sob, I mean sob, was when Scratch beat the H out of Shirley in front of Bert and took his trigger finger. Samantha's letter to Datu certainly brought me to tears, but that scene with Bert and Scratch, for me, was just guy-wrenching. That's what she, what she wrote. I'm, I don't know what that means. <laughs> An amazing job acting by Mr. Marvin, for sure. I gotta agree, it was it was a pretty rough scene to listen to. That was, yep. yep. And um, then Matthew, he, he re- replies to his own question. It's a pretty lengthy reply here, let me start off. Uh, he said, listening to Samantha's death was the first time I became teary-eyed. It was Datu's reaction that really drove it home. Hearing Samantha's voice change from hope to ha- and happiness to confused terror as the biters pull her out of the room. She screams and begs for Datu not to watch, knowing how Datu felt about her, and then him uh, being forced to listen to her painful cries of no, no, please no. Behind Datu's pain in his voice made me realize how horrific it must feel to hear the woman you love being tortured and killed. That's the darkness ahead, goodness. Glad that's behind us. He continues, uh, this series has made me tear up so many times, but that was the first. And below is a spoiler from the previous two to three chapters. He said hearing Datu getting bit uh, wasn't too bad because it's really ambiguous what happened. This is why I, I agree with you guys when you said listening to the soldier's death was much harder and sad. We had to hear Robbins and his panicked fear, a far cry from his joking comic relief, as he tried desperately to save his already dying friend. Thank you, Casey, for providing another fandom to my life that I love and uh, carry great passion for. Thank you so much. That's why I show. That's why I support the show every way I can, buying CDs and We're Live merchandise, or even donating when I can. I've been uh, both. I've been the both live readings, and look forward to seeing everyone again for the finale. Smiley face. Okay, I'm done gushing now. Thinking about these amazing moments makes me wishy-washy. I'll agree with that man tears part, man. That was that is by far the most emotional episode for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's the standard for me for rating any of this stuff. And I've just remembered we didn't we didn't do our ratings. Five done. <laughs> you're giving you're giving them all five from here on out. Yep. Uh, with <laughs> that last chapter finale, our mid-season finale, 
for me being a five and being what sets the standard for everything else. And then all this, just the weird things that sounded forced in this episode and the things that just didn't make sense. Um, I'm giving it a 3.5 and I, which I think is still a good score, but it was just, it was, it was different. I don't know. But you forgot about one aspect. What's that? Five. (laughs) (laughs) I did say five. (laughs) 3.5. And on the bell curve, it becomes a five. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You got the next two. See, uh, John Cars. He says, "Spoilers: The Death of Angel." What? This is the question of the week. Where? What was the most hardest, most emotional part of the series for you to listen to? Oh, gotcha. I, I still, I can't wrap my head around. I get it more with this, but okay, yeah. Okay, so John Cars says, "Spoilers: The Death of Angel." Casey Whalen replies, says, "If you save the question for the." For when the series is over, I'll answer it. I have a cool story. Whatever. I, uh, I did. I went ahead and made my uh, notes for questions for Casey after We're Lives Over. <laughs> and that was the first thing I added to it. Uh, he has a cool story. I wonder, he mentioned to us or to somebody, I think it might have been when we talked to him, about when he's writing off a character and they're in his head and he's killing them. And now I think he said it even made him like tear up or cry one time. I don't don't quote me on that, but I I think he got emotional. I don't know about the teary eyed thing. I think he teared up and cried and laid in bed all night and ate chocolate. I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> well reading guns and ammo. Right. And he, <laughs> he thought about that shoplifting charge and the bad mistakes he's made in his life. Kidding. He's coming around. Nice little reference to Buffy in there. He'll be doing a musical soon. Oh yeah. I think that's next next up. <laughs> Question of the week number two. Thanks to Peter Bell. Will Michael accomplish what Puck tells him to do at the end of the episode? Take out Ink before Ink kills them all. <laughs> Elisa says, a lone survivor equals Michael. John Carr says, no, Ink will take out everyone and will die himself doing it, actually. Oh, I like it. That could be interesting. <laughs> Chris Combatton says, Waylon doesn't seem to prescribe to the happy ending idea. And as a genre, neither does the zombie apocalypse. So, no, in fact, they may end up all zombies in the end. Oh, it'd be <laughs> sad, but, I mean, it would be a compelling ending. Hey, but that isn't a happy ending. They don't know any different. Right. <laughs> Until a freaking little one jumps on their head. Yeah, that? <laughs> Eats them. Deanna says, My husband is on Peter Bell's bandwagon and has been since the chapter where Riley and Kalani see ink at the hospital. He thinks it is ink reading the journals. I really don't like to theorize much, except for finding a way to get Skittles back, but I think Puck telling him this in the story means something. Just the feeling, really. But I truly think Michael will be the one to take ink out. Not sure if he lives in the process, but I think in the end, it will be Michael who ends ink. See, Clem says, nope, he won't. If ink gets killed, it will be the result of a team effort by several survivors, not only by Michael alone. Yeah. Peter says, no, I think we'll get to the end and find out that Ink or Randy is reading the journals about the demise of humanity in L.A. Just a little casual reading between two friends. <laughs> <laughs> that could be funny. Okay, so on to listener mail, tweets, and Facebook posts. We've got some mail from Andrew. He says, dear sirs, welcome to Knowledgeville, population U. I suspect that Casey Wayland is a fan of the cartoon series known as The Simpsons. You ever heard of that show? Mm. No, refresh my memory. What is that? I don't know. I've heard people talk about it. Mm. 
<laughs> of course, he continues, <laughs> I submit to you the following YouTube links as evidence. The first is with regard to the naming of Peg's cow. And I'll, I'll put these links in into the show notes. But the first video is, it's like a Smithers and Mr. Burns are in a movie theater. And people are yelling out boo or boo earns or something. And uh, what's his name? Mr. Burns is like, uh, are they saying boo or, you know, boo earns? <laughs> and he's like, like, you know, then they just all go boo. And one guy's like, I said boo earns. So I don't know. That's possible. And then the second link here regarding Casey's seemingly inexplicable use of the <laughs> phrase done and done. And I think it was uh, the principal. It was just like yeah. done and done. So I'll include those links. He says, while not very compelling on their own, I feel that these references are too obscure to be a coincidence. Love the show, some guy. I wrote back, I wanted to know what he wanted to be called. He went with Andrew. And uh, he said, I have another observation regarding chapter 42.1. If you're interested, as Puck... Oh, and I love this one, by the way. I really do. He says, as Puck, Robbins, Muldoon, and Carl are leaving to check out the jail and saying their goodbyes... I noticed something interesting. Puck says, we'll be back very soon. Carl says, see ya. Muldoon says, later. And Robin says, nothing at all. Only Carl and Muldoon say some form of goodbye. And I may be reaching here, but this could foreshadow the return of Puck, the deaths of Carl and Muldoon, and the uncertainty for Robbins. Woohoo! I suspect that Robbins and his man muscles are still alive. Also, you mentioned on the show that Max was in the turret. I think he was actually up on the windmill acting as a lookout. The time I'm thinking of where Max was in the turret... Uh, when he was manning the 50 cal. Yeah, he was manning the 50 cal, and somebody asked if he wanted to take a break. Like, no, I'm good. Right. I think he was actually in the in the turret. I mean... Yeah, it, well, it's a makeshift turret, but it's the 50 cal that's mounted on the back of the truck. Right. I think, we got, think that's one of the things that we didn't miss, which is few and far between... <laughs> Yeah, but I love that theory, and I'm glad somebody went back to kind of see what they all said for their last words to the group. Well done, man. That was that's a I like that, especially and, if it leaves room for Robbins coming right. back. And I'm kind of holding that hope for that. And I've mentioned it a few times. I really wanna really want him back. Can't quit him. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Some more stuff about the live stream in this section. You see, nerd is the word on Twitter. Said, listening to the episode now, let me know the topic Q&A for the next episode, and I'll send you guys my contribution. Will do. It'll probably be, like we said, tentatively, uh, part three of this chapter. Slaterific says, if this all ends up just being in Michael's head, I'm going to be very upset. Please say it ain't so. Please. (laughs) All right, Nerdist Word, also Tony Hind on the forum, says... If I record my bit on my iPhone, hopefully I can get it to you guys. Or I could use Skype or another media. Yeah, uh, we welcome that. And it's very, very simple. For anybody with an iPhone or Android device, make a little voice note and send it to we'realive at mickred.com. And if for some reason you can't do that, you can always go to mickred.com. And any of the number, the phone numbers listed on the website, you can call them and leave your little feedback on there. And we can download it as an MP3. That's right. Uh, Funky Dung writes... <laughs> he puts in quotes. We'll try to wrap this up in another, another 45 minutes. Blah. <laughs> it was some that that yeah. that recording had some girth. It was another hour and 45 minutes plus. <laughs> I, but I know we had a good time, so there was no stopping that train. No, it was good. I, I loved it. See, Doofus Monkey says 
I finally got current with the PG-13 edits of We're Alive. They are at podcastnerd.com. <laughs> See, Doofus Monkeys also writes, Pegs is about to become the most important character. She's the only person that can fly, and the helicopter is too important. Doofus also says, And the theory about the whole show being Michael telling Saul's son about his dead parents. Wow. Yeah, that was a crazy theory. Funky Dung says <laughs> about the live stream, I didn't sound as dumb as I thought I would. Great episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did great. Yeah, you did. Everybody did. Okay, and just before today's show, uh, oh, yeah, Grog tweeted to us, and he was the one who sent us one of our first dares for Dare to Survive. He said, love the show. Uh, also, did the battery slash still wool work for you? Hashtag Dare to Survive. And I, I wrote back to him, and I said, I said thanks for the dare, but you're going to have to wait <laughs> for the show to come out. He tweeted back, wait for it, wait for it, hashtag flips table, lol. <laughs> Good stuff, Grog. Well, don't worry, I'll go ahead and tell you. Oh, you're cutting out, Mr. Redbeard. <laughs> Sorry there. Oh, uh, let's see. Okay. Funky Dung on Twitter also writes, uh, one of the enduring mysteries of We're Alive is Tanya's last name, Tink, because that sounds awful, <laughs> and I bet Tanya would be displeased. Yeah, that's pretty funny. All right, after today's episode, this is the feedback we've gotten so far. DeHaventon on Facebook uh, says, ominous hints in this episode. Um, He's got a bunch of bullet points here. Saul asks Victor to take care of his family if something happens to him. The group begins to break apart, the core group to stay at Dunbar. CJ orders that that the encryption keys for the radios can be changed, or she orders for them to be changed. Tardust mentions needing a code to eavesdrop on the radio transmissions. Yeah, the return of Tardust and Scratch. Uber ominous. Oh, Uber. Uber. Next, the first batch is taking a lot of medical supplies. Therefore, Tanya requests that OBGYN supplies be found. Why is this ominous? Whenever they search for something, the poop hits the fan. Also, more important, Tanya states early in this episode that she doesn't know where ink makes the little ones. Yep, they start out small. One of those pediatric medical places is going to be Inks Inkling Factory. Dude. Right? See, we talked about the maternity ward at the hospital before. Oh my gosh. Remember we joked about Ink uh, sitting around telling stories to the little ones? How creepy would that be? Oh, Especially man. to find, like, the control group there. And that's what that's what's happening. The journals are getting that's read to the little, little zombie infant. Yeah. Nick Moody's <laughs> theory. <laughs> yeah. That would. <laughs> that's who it was. I, I couldn't remember. That would just be scary. Oh man, that that's pretty creepy. So Adam on on Twitter writes, "Yes, Pete is back. I hope he barters a spot into the tower. He'll throw a cu- in a couple of free water bottles with the first trade. <laughs> Pete and his water bottles are going to take ink down. He found tattoo remover. Traded it. Traded a sock for it. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh." What is this? Okay, this is Josh, this is Womp Rat on uh, Twitter. Just finished the latest We're Alive episode. I love the ending so much. Mm-hmm. Hashtag zombies need to eat that woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Funky Dung says, at Waylon Prod, at, at Casey basically. Bravo, sir. Excellent episode. You find you finally made me almost like CJ. <laughs> Humility suits her well at WA Fancast. At Funky Dung, I'm looking to hear more about what you mean by almost? What do you mean? I just want to hear more about, you know, if if he still heard an angle to what she was saying or 
if she is pulling, you know, rank in order to have an advantage over the rest of the the colony the colony uh, people. I don't know, man. I'm I think that's all you. I don't get that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, you like pegs, so you don't matter. <laughs> I lost all credibility. Yep. <laughs> no, I think that CJ is. I mean, I think she's looking out for the group, and I don't think she's really, you know, trying to put her interests ahead of the group. Um, well, I don't I mean, think she has an angle. I just think she's a micromanager. What is a leader with no followers? She has a whole group that got behind her. I know. What is a leader without followers? I don't know what you're talking about. She has. She'll be leading six or seven satellite groups. I'm just talking about her angle. There's no angle. She's trying to lead. I don't know. I don't trust her. <laughs> You're getting very uh, tinfoil hatty with uh, CJ and then uh, Bert being a... Well, that okay, the Bert thing is very tinfoil hat, and oh, this... I, don't, I don't even really believe it. But the CJ thing, she's just... I don't know. She's supposed to be this very calculating person, and so I don't trust her when she makes mistakes, quote-unquote mistakes, or... <laughs> Says one thing and it's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't benefit from this, but yet I'm going to be on the helicopter, first one out. She's just going to look at it. She's coming back. That's all. Just going to go look at it on the helicopter, not on the convoy. Right. Just saying. <laughs> well, they can't have her getting munched on with the rest of the convoy crew. Casey can't let that happen yet. Yeah, you know, and they weren't going to leave until they had a like a full day to work on the on the the water mill but yeah that's yeah, just dumb they're already left out the great leader is putting people in a situation they shouldn't be in the first place so again that's dumb. i'm calling that forced storytelling unfortunately and no no offense i mean it's gotta it's gotta happen in places but i i just honestly think that i don't think i don't think casey would mess up with that i think that's that's cj's character and she's supposed to be a you know, a planner. So is she anticipating Scratch? No, I don't think so. I th- is she using him as cannon fodder? I-, I think that's pretty solid. You're doing the same thing you're talking about earlier, asking questions that are basically accusations. <laughs> they, no, they are accusations, because I think that is the case. Right. No, I, I don't see it at all. It's really funny. I would I would love to be completely wrong and just be blindsided by this, because I totally don't see anything like that. Like, the only thing that makes me think Anything would be that Tanya found that loose little bolt on uh, the air things back way back when. But ever since then, I mean, she's just a micromanager, and that seems that's my only problem. That's the only real problem I see with anybody else, except for the crazy conspiracy stuff. Well, the whole I'm gonna send uh, oh, what's his face to guard Dotu when there are more qualified people. Whenever he got bit. I mean, like, okay, who's the more qualified people? Well, it wasn't. I I get my vehicle stuck in the flower bed, guy, and uh, and Glenn. Well, who else was there? All the military guys were out with Michael. But they've had other people that have uh, trained with the soldiers to some degree. Not that we've heard or know. Well, they got them. They're out doing the uh, convoy right now. They've they've obviously got other people. They could have called in for someone out, you know, like Michael or somebody like that. Those were the most recent trainees. Those were as good as she had. There's no way that that is the best she had. Otherwise, they're all doomed. Okay, okay. So she's looking out. She's looking out for herself. Then why would she let the people that are trying to get her fresh water get killed? I don't know. But she's supposed to be this great planner, forward-thinking person. This uh, 
and it doesn't fit. So what is the problem? She did the best she could with the resources she had. Really? Yeah, really. I don't, I don't see any kind of malicious intent with CJ at all. I see that you could think that that was weird. That I I don't know. I mean, that the fact that she's built up to be that type of character and then she turns out to be terrible at it, it's well, it's terrible. Well, that means that it might as well be ink reading the journals. I don't know. I mean, it would be it would be fun if she was a bad guy and she was the one that actually let uh, ink in the Dunbar and tried to screw over Victor and now is trying to destroy the colony, but that would be well, a, a stretch. So, okay, if there were no other people qualified to guard anything, who's guarding the convoys? Um, Nobody. And who, who's, who's guarding... They're the going co- to die. Who's guarding the colony? Nobody. They're going to die. Then what, that would be the most pessimistic ending to this entire story. Well, they're not. I mean, they're not all gonna die, but that convoy is gonna get freaking red-shirted like crazy. I'm just—it's either—it's one or two things. She's either evil or she's a terrible leader. What what other option does she have at this point? Who's she gonna send on that convoy? I don't know. Maybe she could have worked better with Michael from the get-go. Maybe she could have not kicked out Saul and Victor. Maybe she could have looked past those petty little things and in order to best serve the people. I'll, I I can't argue with the Saul thing, but Michael was doing it's, his it's own, all, it's all was doing his own thing, and he was no. Like, I remember I got mad at him too. He's he was terrible. I mean, the fact that he's running off in the uh, the alleyway and so risking other people. Exactly. So what's she gonna do? Michael's not doing his own thing. She tried to send trainees out there, but if she and those at, trainees that she had went out there with Datu, and they didn't. They were who, who, who has been Michael's voice of reason? Puck in the past. No, before before uh, before Irwin. The voice of reason, Datu, who? Saul. Right, okay. So she kicked out the one person that could talk to Michael. Mm. She shot herself in the I think foot. you're just I trying I, to I, argue a dead point. I mean, you're just really fighting it. But I, I think I think she shot herself in the foot and, and did not want to back down from that. I don't argue with that. No, that's very valid. That was a dumb thing with Saul, and she, needed, she needs him there. It's actually not a bad idea to have a satellite group like they had, but it was dumb. No, and, and you would need Saul out there if you're going to have a satellite group, but it's dumb that she couldn't work with him more. I agree with that. With the rest of it, it doesn't, no. It's, I mean, it even plays into the fact that they're taking all the medical supplies without any medical personnel and just kind of... That's kinda, dumb. I think that's, I think that's not... I think that's forced storytelling. That's all I can say. I don't because know. I want to blame her for it. It's going to totally screw up. They're going to get there's going to be a bloodbath. They're going to lose these medical supplies, or they're going to have to make a mission to go recover these medical supplies. So who's going to, to live out of that group to help make it out of this? Who's going to live? Can you name a person on the convoy? <laughs> Nobody's going to live in that group. Oh man! Except yeah, maybe who's... somebody long enough to say, "Oh, I'm Lester, and I'm <laughs> oh, I it was terrible, <sighs> dead." But why make the magical old guy deliver you diesel and ammo just to lose it? No, this is one group that's going out to Lake Matthews. Like, yes. I, it, it sounds like it's a bunch of people, but there's supposed to be six other groups, plus Michael's group. And remember, they didn't have enough diesel. Well, I guess, yeah. Unless there was a time jump in there. I don't know. missed completely, but it didn't, just, didn't seem like it. I keep... Maybe the, it's just that I don't, I don't see where it's going, so I want to blame inconsistencies on CJ. Yeah. But I, I just don't think she's 
everything she's been built up to be. That was one of Casey's arguments about CJ, is that characters like her are there to stall the story and not answer the questions that the audience wants to hear and kind of just get in the way of that, the story progression. Um, so what you just said about blaming the inconsistencies, inconsistencies on her makes total sense. Now, I will say... I would not put it past CJ to know that Scratch is out there watching and that this is a dangle of the carrot to draw her out. That would be really cool, smooth, and calculated. I mean, it would fit her character prior to this, this season starting. Yeah, I could see that totally. I mean, how, that, how, what that, was the first way we were introduced to CJ? That was she, Saul and Victor, and they were in the road somewhere near a garden, right? Mm-hmm. And weren't they drawn out by something else that maybe CJ had planted, and then she got the drop on them? Uh, what was it? There was something. It was something about the fence. I don't remember. Yeah, but I she had the was... drop on Saul. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, she's she's good. And then the fact, the way she planned out the attack on the colony was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So it's just, <laughs> you throw it into this season, and it's, well, what is going on? Well, maybe she's a much better tactical leader and thinks she's a very good strategic leader, <laughs> and she's just not. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I could see her being leader over some of the military guys, but not necessarily over people. Or just the operations, you know? Yeah. A certain operation be leading that. I just... And give the rain... Okay, so this this group's going to be a bloodbath, and she's just going to go, you know what, Michael, I quit. you got to take back over. And so Michael's going to be the big leader over everybody again, and then he's going to appoint her leader of... And certain think, operations, which would be freaking cool. It would be, but it's kind of a cop out. Why's that? Because it's, it's a great it's a great story path for Michael to be put back in I, charge. I, don't we want don't, don't we all want Michael back in charge? No. What? He's a loose cannon. He had he he's been more reckless than they ever made Victor out to be. He has been, but he's the he's the star of the show. What does that matter? He's the one that started out the story. I mean, it's just like the hero's freaking journey. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he needs to be in charge. Doesn't mean he needs to be in charge, but it's what happens. I mean, I don't know. I I just Luke Skywalker was whiny, and then he didn't just like, um, never mind. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> did you see him as and kept going? Did you see him as whiny? Like me? Not not Anakin, but Luke. To hear the rest of this conversation, listen past the outtakes. I I you know what? Okay, so. I, I guess I get I want to argue something because it, it just I wanted to argue all that because it just I want something more meaningful to happen and it doesn't seem like it's going to add up to be anything. Yeah, I, I just developed a new theory that this is going to put Michael back in charge because CJ's just going to be like I can't do it. Maybe doesn't seem like in her character, but you know the one thing that that would do that I would be happy about is it would bring everybody back together. If he was in charge and he could pull Saul back, or yeah, it would just it would be able to have the ability to have Saul there with them. Yeah, it would bring the entire original colony people back together, right? With a bunch of no-name colony people. <laughs> now, or CJ's doing it on you know doesn't really, or you know she's kind of throwing caution to the wind, and those people end up getting killed, and there all there is left is people from the original colony, right? Plus Victor, <laughs> right. Not gonna get rid of him. I don't know. I just I'm not seeing it yet, and so I'm grasping at straws. It's all good. 
All right, man, you ready to close this thing out? Yeah, I was looking be an through the extra long extended uh, ending there. <laughs> yeah, put the put the weird little ranting back and forth at the very end after the after the outtakes. I was just gonna leave it in there at the end. People are gonna be like, <laughs> "When is it gonna end?" <laughs> well, uh, stop. I'm trying to figure out. So Cabbage Patch posted this up. Okay. And it's a comparison of the cover art to an actual church. Looks pretty similar. Yeah, looks just like a small town church. What is it? Our small church. It was okay. He, Cabbage Patch posted that, but it was edited by Casey. Reason? Fix the link because no one could fix that series. What is this series of? Hmm. Don't know. I'm not sure. I can't tell. Oh, that may have been Lost. Yep, that's from Lost. That's the church from Lost. Oh, yeah. So you're comparing the, the chapel and the ending of Lost to We're Alive. Huh. Holy crap, that's terrible. Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks. You just saved me for saying it. <laughs> All right, bro. I'm ready to close it out and look forward to talking to you guys next week. Please send us any feedback or reactions to our show or We're Alive, and we'd love to talk about them on the next show. This has been Mick. And this has been Redbeard. And this has been the We're Live Fancast. Later. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mickred production. We're alive. I'm kind of not 100% on my game tonight. That's all good. <clears throat> blah, cool. Alright, man, thanks. Hey, did you hear about the guy from uh, Ghostbusters today? I did, Dr. Bankman. He looked way too old to have been Dr. Bankman. Oh. I think that we'll get it to the end. I think we'll get to the end. And find out that Ink or Randy is ready. <laughs> Peter says, no, I think we'll get to the end. And f- if this all ends up being, and Michael just being, golly. Uh, Slaterific says, if this all ends up being, Slaterific says, if this all in- ends up. Skywalker was whiny and then he didn't just like, um, never mind, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> He did you see him as and kept going? Did you see him as whiny? Like me? Not not Anakin, but Luke. Uh first time I saw those movies, I was a senior in high school, I think. Um and that was like two thousand, I think. Uh and I didn't see him as whiny. I don't really see people as whiny. And then you go you go online or you hear people talk about Luke or just other shows in particular, and they talk about how whiny people are. I just, I liked it. It was a fine movie for me.
I didn't see him as whiny. Now, oh, that guy I can that see played, what they say when, when I go back and look at it, but I the, mean, he's The cool. guy at Christensen or whatever his name is that played Aiden Anakin, he's whiny in real life. That is him to a T. If you watch, there's a movie called Life is a House, and he's like, he is Anakin in that movie, too. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I, I like the prequels. And the reason I think I like the prequels is because I didn't see the original originals as children. They weren't like, you know, some sacred thing to me. So whenever the prequels came out, I was just a little bit older than what I was when I saw. Actually, I saw I saw the originals because I worked at the movie theater and Phantom Menace was about to come out. So, I mean, they seemed fine to me, really. They're not as good, but they're not as bad as everybody acts like they are either. No, no. There are parts of it that I loved, especially the the fight scene of uh, Yoda. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Do you know there's E.T.? E.T. is in a... He's in... He's one of the, you know, they have the big Congress scene or whatever it is, the Federation or something. I don't know. Basically, I've heard it looks that like Congress. before too. There's, yeah, there's they have it, blown the up Republic. pictures. Right, they have blown up pictures, and there's freaking ETs in one of the booths. What? It's so uh, cool. Oh, let's see. I gotta look that up. I know I've heard it before, and yeah. I keep, I keep forgetting to look. <laughs> that. There's no denying hilarious. it. Hilarious. It's not maybe, it's definitely freaking E.T.'s. Did you see what, uh, speaking of E.T., did you see what... E.T., of course. Did you see what brilliance is in that when they remastered the uh, the uh, the latest release of E.T., like all the... The radios remote? instead of guns? <laughs> yeah. I thought that they redid it again and put the guns back in there. Did they? I mean, because that, that was years and years ago. Because that's just dumb. <laughs> And this has been the We're Live Fancast. Later. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Uh, Alright, bro. I'm gonna go watch Walking Dead. Oh, you hopefully still wait and watch it. Uh, if not, get on Xbox Live. We'll get in part of chat and watch it together. Okay. Alright, later. Later.